on today's episode, we get into, uh, you know, recent erotic experiences between Lauren and Kagan. (laughs) It is PG, thankfully. We also get into the Kim Kardashian, Kourtney Kardashian, you copied my wedding feud. And we get into the Carly Russell disappearance and the wild theories there. We touch on Raquel being reborn as Rachel. I think it's a pretty fun episode, everyone. Chandler and I really go deep on the Dolce Vita thing. So if you thought that was a dumb fight, you're probably going to not want a 30-minute analysis as two sisters who can deeply relate to this entire feud. So this might not be the episode for you. So that is just a quick warning. And yeah, enjoy the episode, guys. Well, 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 Lauren, you sit before me and you seem to be holding some type of large tablet. What is this? I have graduated from printing out my notes and I am reading my notes from my Remarkable 2. Starting off with an ad, you guys. So today's episode is sponsored by Remarkable. No, I'm just (laughs) kidding. I wish. No, yeah, I got this tablet and I'm really liking it. Okay. You definitely had your ad voice when you said, I'm really liking it, but I do believe you. Here's my reality is I just thought buying a tablet would fix all my Instagram induced ADHD and I would suddenly Mm -hmm. finally become the reader I used to be. Mm -hmm. And Kagan would walk out of his office and you'd find me cozy on the couch underneath some cashmere linen, reading Mm -hmm. Into the Night, Charles Dickens. Unfortunately, I still seem to reach for Reddit more than the literary have you deleted classics. Instagram? No, I haven't gone so far as to delete Instagram or try to set any parental controls. But all I will say is an e-reader, regardless if it's a Kindle or a Remarkable, is not going yeah. to be a panacea for me and all of my problems. Wow. Well, at least your <laughs> vocabulary is still intact. Okay. So the first topic at Hand Chandler is that Raquel is reborn as Rachel on filming Vanderpump Rules. That is what the word on the street is. She is now mm-hmm, going mm-hmm. by Rachel. I see on TikTok she is going by Rachel Levis. I would love to know your thoughts. Uh, you know the song in The Little Mermaid, Poor Unfortunate Souls? Y- yes, it's been a minute, but I do remember it. This is kind of how I like feel about Raquel. Rachel is just kind of sad. Like She just you know, continues to make unfortunate headlines. I also saw that something about her bill from the mental health facility she went to that that was really high and 200 grand yeah I feel sorry for her and I do think she needs to just completely log off I think that would be the best plan before trying to reemerge with a simple name change uh but what are your thoughts I think that this is a really good rebrand for her it's a good PR strategy assuming that her strategy is going to be I'm no longer the vixen. I'm no longer the other woman. I am wholesome, Rachel. I am here to atone for my Mm -hmm. actions. I think that this is a very, very good strategy because guess what? Like people were already calling her Rachel derisively. And I think that this is a way of her reclaiming that name. Stepping into her power. And just saying, yeah, I am Rachel. And I think the biggest way that redemption happens is when people take full accountability and it sounds yeah. like that's maybe her strategy which is a good strategy I hope so 
I think it's still too soon for her to be making headlines. I was a, kind of expecting another three to six months with, you know, a Rachel reprieve, but I guess she's back on the scene. I do wonder if she's going to return to LA or if she'll be a part of filming at all. She is. She's already filming. That is what I read. Okay. Okay. Well, I just can't wait for this next season of Vanderpump. I'll tell you that much. I am very excited too. Okay. So moving on, what's going on with you in your life, Chandler? Do you have any updates for me? No, I, I filmed the apartment tour yesterday, which is, you know, it's really kind of misery to film yourself narrating your house. I just have a lot of respect for uh, for influencers everywhere because it's it's not easy stuff. Honestly, I would never do a house tour. And I'm okay. so judgment. I know it's not because I think it's tacky or embarrassing, but it's because people are so judgmental and people are so nitpicky and they pick things apart. And I don't know. I just feel like maybe I'm a little salty because I've just had a few like negative things that people have said. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so I applaud your bravery. I applaud your courage in the face of the internet trolls. I will say people were very nice. I don't think I got any hate. I don't think it was the most riveting house tour that's ever been given. But, you know, I definitely wanted to show off. I recently reorganized space. Ben and I kind of like spent the better part of Sunday organizing a lot that we like just needed to like get through and hanging stuff. So I definitely thought this is the best it's going to be for a very long time. It's only going downhill from here. So, you know, need to capture some content no it's your house is beautiful it's super cute and I thought you did a really really good job like it's darling and you've appointed it so nicely and so uniquely and it's really special so I think that I applaud your house tour I did get a question that was very cute from a listener that was like uh show us something in your house that's special to you and Ben that's like represents your love and I sort of like read this question I was like oh that's so sweet and then pondered for about 30 seconds and we have nothing of the sort we have no tokens of affection nothing yes you do you showed like what? this whole aura ring portrait or not aura, aura ring, ring. Aura... <laughs> yeah but that was aura something glow. i did that was something i did like i took it upon myself to have this cute photo taken and then to frame it there's something that ben has done that's like oh this is oh that was a know. ben artifact they wanted a ben artifact i don't know i felt like they that's what they wanted but it's fine he's been um having dreams recently that i break up with him oh really yeah which is kind of sick because like sick in a good way because it kind of keeps him on his toes like his subconscious brain is definitely keeping him on his toes about our relationship so he's got to step it up no that is good how do you think he's going to step it up in the future i hope by buying more trinkets of affection or special mementos that i can post around our house Ben artifacts around the house, hopefully in the the erotic nature. Um, Speaking of, can I tell you about an erotic evening I recently had with my husband? No, I don't want to hear anything about this. I will proceed. So Kagan and I on Friday night, we went out with friends. And there are certain friends who are more like the drinkers. And then there are certain Mm -hmm. friends who are less of the drinkers. Sure. Like there's the friends who order shots. And Mm -hmm. after everyone has had their third drink are like, where's the next bar we're going to? Right. right. And then I feel like there are the friends who are not that way. Anyway, these are the friends of the former variety. Mm -hmm. So just to say, we got home at like 1230, pretty blitzed. And it's honestly been a minute since I felt that way. I don't really like the feeling of being drunk and I never Mm -hmm. drink to feel that way at all. It's just like not my brain. I thought you were saying, I and I never drink. I actually never drink. No, I I drink all the time, but I'll drink like one or two drinks. I drink for that tiny buzz and then that's it. Because the crash for me is so hard. The crash is so hard. And 
something about a hangover these days for me is just never worth it. No, alcohol is absolutely poison and it's disgusting. And drinking beyond a couple is not my thing. But we were just, you know, by your friends, ye shall know them, I guess, as mom used to say. Or, you know, we were just peer pressured into getting a little sauced. So anyway, we got home at 1 a.m. And I was at the level where I ordered a pizza. I got a pizza delivered and I proceeded to eat four huge slices. Like this is not like a mini pizza. It's not a personal pizza. This is like a large pizza pizza. with Kagan by my side. Where's the the erotic part coming in? I just want to know. Well, this is next. Was that so it? then okay. I turn on Netflix and yeah. we proceed to watch the entire Taylor Swift documentary. Oh my god! Together, together, yes. together till like three a.m. Okay. We watch the entire huh? thing, and he's like, he's like fully engaged. Like she says things, and he's like, oh, it's so interesting to gosh. think about. And huh? at the end of it, he was oh, like, I'd go erotic. to one of her shows. I'd go to one of her shows. Oh, oh my gosh! Kagan just got like four thousand brownie points. I know. Exactly. Yeah, like, you don't even want to know what happened next. <laughs> I don't. What happened next is I actually went to sleep. But um, anyway, I was like a stuffed turkey and I collapsed in bed. But oh my god, isn't pretty like stunning? A night between a husband and a wife. Like, can literally, you imagine something more bonding? No, that is what dreams are made of. That is what marital bliss is literally made of. Thank you. Oh, I just was dying to share that tale with you. I love that so much. Honestly, straight men. Uh, are sometimes ignorant about Taylor Swift and they don't respect her. And so when I see, you know, a red-blooded straight man liking Taylor Swift, I love to see it. I, you know, I can't get enough. Lauren, the wall behind you, it's quite barren. What's going on there? (laughs) You know what? I find getting things framed to be very stressful. And so I've just never done it. I don't basically have anything framed in my home. And it's sad for me. It's very sad, which is why we are so lucky to be sponsored by FrameBridge right now. Yes, I am so excited to correct this wrong in my life. What's so great about FrameBridge is for other people also intimidated by a gallery wall, if you go on their website, you can just very quickly, easily upload like five photos or whatever it is, and they will send you different dimensioned cute frames, beautiful, sleek, modern. So you can just hang your gallery wall and it's good to go. They make it very easy on a layperson like yourself. Everyone, see why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's framebridge.com. Can I talk to you about a product that you love, that Courtney loves, and that I love? Please. Early bird CBD gummies are so phenomenal, everyone. They are the perfect 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. So this concoction, it gives you the warmest, gooeyest feeling. They have the magic formula. I love the watermelon flavor. That's my favorite. I also love using them when I know I need to get a good night's sleep and I can sleep in. You guys, we love Early Bird CBD so much. We reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring the show because we were like, these products, these gummies, everyone needs to know about them. We're going to tell them about about them anyway. So maybe we can get paid to do it. And honestly, we just cannot recommend them enough. We have a link in our show notes. You can go to earlybirdcbd.com. Use code POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Earlybirdcbd.com. POPAPOLOGIST20 for 20% off. Do yourself a favor. Try the gummies. They ship to all 50 states, everybody. You got to try it. Earlybirdcbd.com. Let's talk about the big drama, Chandler. So Kourtney Kardashian was Mm -hmm. bereft, aggrieved, 
because Kim Kardashian, after Courtney had her Dolce and Gabbana mm-hmm. themed wedding, Dolce and Gabbana yep. inspired, Dolce and Gabbana designed, dressed wedding, Dolce and Gabbana yacht, Dolce Vita lifestyle wedding. Kim Kardashian proceeded four months later to do a Chow Kim campaign with Dolce and Gabbana. Mm-hmm. And then also creative directed one of their fashion shows. Yep. And she used some of the looks. Some are saying many, but I'm just going to say she used some of the looks in Courtney's wedding. And the TLDR about this feud before Chandler and I give our thoughts is for Kim. She thinks that she asked them to make it a year later, at least that way it didn't, you know, steal any shine from Courtney. Right. She also didn't use any of the looks. She said like anything that was part of Courtney's collection or the Madonna collection or anything lace, anything adjacent to Courtney's wedding, I don't want to use. She basically said they approached her at the wedding because they were so taken with the looks she had pulled. They said she had archived looks that they had didn't even know people still had. So mm-hmm. they were so impressed with her. Kim's take is basically like this was a creative opportunity for me. I really wanted to prove myself in this way. I tried to push it out. And ultimately, I did take this deal. Courtney's position is that Kim just saw dollar signs with this entire endeavor and that she fully copied all of Courtney's style. And, you know, Courtney feels like this La Dolce Vita style is truly like hers in the sense that she has embodied it and the way she's lived her life every summer, like. She definitely feels a lot of ownership over that like type of aesthetic in the sense that like she's been doing it even before her wedding. Doing it for her wedding was like the ultimate expression of an aesthetic that she like feels connected to. It's her lifestyle. It's how she she feels really connected to this particular brand and identity. Right. Kim then taking some of the style and some of the looks, you know, months later was pretty low in Courtney's opinion because she didn't even really talk to Courtney about it. And it was just like another, you know, cash grab for Kim. It's about communication. Mom never mentioned it to me. I think that's why it like hurts my feelings. It was my actual wedding. The year your sister got married, you then made a deal to do this fashion show. Don't do it the same year that comes out four months later. It's not like I did their campaign. And then she did the campaign right after. Mm -hmm. Like, who cares? That's Mm -hmm. business. It's my actual wedding. And that wasn't a business deal for me. Yeah. So for Courtney, so her wedding, Kim saw as a business opportunity to do a deal, to get another campaign, to get another moment in the spotlight, to get another check. And additionally, to add insult to injury, it's not like Kim at the wedding was in any way effusive or affirming right. or validating of the fact that Courtney had picked a really cool look and vibe mm-hmm. and designer for her wedding. Kim did not act impressed at all and then proceeded to basically rip it off for a campaign and for a right. fashion show. Courtney literally said people were coming up to her at her own wedding and saying Kim is spiraling. Kim is mm-hmm. not doing well. Mm-hmm. And you know, she said that Kim never complimented her. And that there was no, yeah, like you said, no acknowledgement of like this creative vision that was obviously so good. So I think that it's really important to also remember Kim's toast at the wedding to Courtney and Travis. It was just completely generic, completely not heartfelt, and a big slap in the face. Seriously, you brought us along in your fairy tale, and there's really no love story like you guys. It's a movie. It's the cutest. You guys are the best. So 
Now, Chandler and I, I think we should proceed to discuss this with a huge disclaimer. Okay. Okay. Please give it to us. This is not a real problem. People are dying. We realize that within the spectrum of human problems, (laughs) this falls within first world top tier elite top tier one percent top like first that we'll never experience i mean i literally listened to like a woman talk about her experience escaping from north korea and the fact that i'm now discussing this on my own public podcast is embarrassing because we're about to get like very passionate and heated with our opinions here so that I'm all to say, given that disclaimer, we actually take this feud very seriously and have a lot of very real thoughts yeah. about it. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Okay. So let's get into it, Chandler. Let's begin. I think that Courtney is entirely correct. And this entire feud has revealed so much about Kim Kardashian, has revealed so much about Kris Jenner, a little bit about Chloe. I feel like I have learned so much through watching this feud unfold. And I think that ultimately, Courtney was so wronged by Kim. Kim should never have done what she did. And it's really sad to see someone of Kim's level of power and beauty and wealth, all these things. You know, she's at the zenith, the top of, of all these things she aspires to. And yet this bitch can still not be happy for anyone she feels slightly competitive with. And I think that very much applies to her relationship with Courtney. I'll back up. And and I, I will say that when I was seeing, you know, the memes about it, you know, you copied my wedding, like blah, blah, blah. I was like, Ugh. another reason I don't want to watch the Kardashians, like such a stupid problem. Like this is dumb. They're dumb. But, you know, you said, let's talk about this on the podcast. So I did actually go and do the work and watch a few of the episodes. This revealed so much about the inner Kardashian dynamics, especially between Courtney and Kim, a relationship that I forget that they're so close in age mm-hmm. um, because I just feel like they like do different things. But I definitely was very struck by, OK, there's like a deep seated competitiveness between the two of them. And I remember watching the Kravis wedding special and feeling Kim's indifference like Chloe is just always so effusive and like supportive and great. And Kim just gave us nothing at the wedding. It was like she wasn't even like trying. She wasn't happy at my wedding. Everyone else was like, whoa, this is amazing. We're having the best time. She could never like give acknowledgement of like, whoa, this is so amazing. And honestly, what I think happened is. I think Kim was there and she saw that Courtney had all this real love, right? Like she has a real love with Travis Barker. I do think that part of Kim's relationship with Kanye was strategic. And I think that Courtney's relationship with Travis Barker is all love. It's all joy. It's all just like passion. And I think that Kim, on some level, when it comes to Kanye, she kind of played with fire and has definitely gotten burned. And I think that you know, you kind of reap what you sow. And it's interesting to watch. I'm sure it was very hard for her to watch her sister get married to truly the love of her life. A man who worships her. Who worships her and who worships her not in a way where he wants her to be pristinely perfect. He loves her for exactly who she is. Mm -hmm. I think that was probably really hard for Kim to witness because for Kim, She doesn't choose, in my opinion, real love. She chooses power. She chooses being strategic. 
for her, it's always about getting to that next level. And Courtney has a fundamental ease within herself and doesn't always need to be striving for that next level. And I think that's the source of their tension. Yes. I also will say that I think when Courtney was getting married, I mean, the Kanye stuff was like at a fever pitch. The past couple of years with Kanye have been just like bad headline after bad headline. And not only was Kim seeing, you know, Courtney just basking in this really like true and like wonderful love, but, you know, her ex-husband was literally just scorching the earth behind him and embarrassing her left and right. So I think it was also at a particularly bad time in her life. But yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean that she shouldn't be so happy for Courtney, especially knowing what Courtney has been through with Scott and the fact that Courtney has never even had a wedding before. She should be able to rise above whatever she was going through to be truly happy for her sister. A wedding is not the time to have any sort of processing of where you're at in your life if you are the immediate family of the bride or groom. It's not a time for you to be mentally processing. It's a time for you to be celebrating someone else. And Kim did not have it in her to rise above herself and just right. be happy for Courtney. I'll just say too, I think there was another layer of, oh shit, Courtney has a really cool wedding look. I'm jealous of this. Interesting. Yeah, I think that beyond the aesthetic though, I think that the reason that Courtney was also so hurt is not because it was like about her stealing Courtney's shine necessarily. Like, of course, that is part of it. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't like, hey, I, I've got this offer. How do you feel about this? I really want the money or whatever it was that she was feeling. It's just legit copying my wedding. Like, everything that I did was like pulling like references of like 90s. Like, it's just like, it's stupid. Like, okay, let's just actually talk about this for a second. Yeah. As sisters, we yeah. all have a very similar kind of look and feel, mm -hmm. given that we have you know, share 50% of the same genetic material or whatever, right. DNA. But we're, we're all full sisters. I think that's what it is. If you're full sisters, you have 50% the same DNA. Anyway, my point being, though, that like we also like having our own things. We mm -hmm. like having our own interests, our own identities outside of being Bledsoe's sisters. Right. Like your thing. Right now, I think, here we go, is you live in New York. You go to a lot of like East Coast adjacent places. You sure, go to sure. Montauk every year or Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard. Sure. You have like yeah. certain things that I think if I said to you, like if I started trying to take your exact vacations, this is going to sound so dumb. I don't know. Maybe this is the wrong example, but I just think you like this being part of your brand that not necessarily all of us have access to right now. Yeah, I think like I just definitely have like a transition to a more East Coast life. My partner's from the East Coast. Yeah, that's definitely been a part of, you know, the past couple of years for me. What if I said to you, Kagan and I are getting a place in New York and we're going to start going to Montauk every summer or wherever you guys go? This is totally going to sound dumb. And I actually hope my friends who we all go to like Montauk or Nantucket together are listening. But like that to me is not like the pinnacle of my brand. I think about it more in terms of my style. Your style. Like my style. Oh, I like this is so dumb. I wish this was on the Patreon, but it, yeah, maybe there's like a slightly more of an edge, you know? So like if like you said to me, tea. I was just going to say, if you said to me, 
you know, I'm actually going to copy your graphic tea wedding and I'm going to do an entire fashion show with ironic graphic tees that have been carefully curated. I would be really upset and I would be crying. What if I also was like, here's my gallery wall with like, here's my aura photos. Here's my heart shape accessories. Here's my very colorful Honestly, heart shape. Yeah. I don't own that. A lot of people like that, but yeah. The daggers would yeah. come out. Point being, yes, it's like okay to want things to be more yours. And I think what's lost here, and it sounds so shallow and it sounds so dumb, but the true core of this is that Kim didn't care about stealing Courtney's spotlight and didn't care about right. being mercenary with her wedding and using right. her wedding as a business opportunity because she values what she wants mm -hmm. and what's going to get her and more her power, power money, more acclaim, more applause. My sister used my wedding as a business opportunity. It's who she is to her core. Mm -hmm. That matters more to her than her sister and her sister's peace and her sister right. feeling love feelings. I think Kim, like in the episode says, you know, this was just like a really exciting challenge for me. And She's had this whole narrative about how she's felt like she was just Kanye's muse and now she can really step into her own power and like design things and be more of like the creative director versus just like the person being creative directed, which we've been seeing in like the past several seasons. And this is just another extension of that story. And I do think that this is what she's trying to spin it as. But at the end of the day, it's about power. It's about her shining and frankly, taking some of Courtney's IP to shine. Exactly. And also, I think that the conversation that they had, I think it's episode seven or eight, where they finally sit down and talk about it. It was such an interesting yeah. exchange because yeah. what I felt like the tone of that conversation, it wasn't even like dramatic. It was just like, yeah, like this is it. Like this is the state yeah. of our relationship and this is what I don't like about you. And it's really a bummer. And like, I really felt like that was the vibe. So there was no like hug at the end. There was no like, I love you. It makes me sad. I was kind of waiting for Kim or Courtney to be like, love ya, you know, but then they were like, see you in Palm Springs. Bye. I think there was a casual I love you. There just wasn't a lot of like warmth from the two of them towards each other, which makes oh, me exactly. sad. You know, it is sad. And I think that it's a cautionary tale. Not that mm -hmm. any of us are going to even have the opportunities. Things can happen on a smaller scale, right? And I right. think that like being respectful of your siblings' feelings and trying to put them mm -hmm. above your own greed or whatever or narcissism yeah. is like important. And maybe this entire thing sounds like so out of touch and so unrelatable. But I thought like as a sister, it's actually like deeply relatable. It's like especially when it comes to your sister's wedding, like there's so many basic bitches that don't care about stealing the spotlight from their right, sister, right. that don't care about making her experience miserable at her wedding, mm -hmm. that just are narcissists. And, and it doesn't take being Kim-level rich or Kim-level Kim beautiful totally. to be a total B-I-T-C-H to your sister. Well, I think it applies a little bit to like our situation because like we all are, you know, kind of creating a little bit of a brand and you know we're striving to do that in like a way that's like we are carving out our own space but also you know there's overlap and we're trying to be respectful of like you know at times like Courtney's brand and like and and what we're trying to do on Pop Apologist and you know it's just important to be respectful of, of the other person because yeah it can absolutely happen where you can step on toes and people's feelings get hurt. We try every day here at Pop Apologist not to steal Courtney's spotlight. It's so hard. It's so hard. People want to just 
talk to us. People want links from us all the time. And we say, no, you should check out this account, Courtney Grow. We can spell it for you if you can't find it. (laughs) Please give her some support. Here's the difference. We all value each other so much more. And like, for example, at my wedding, my rehearsal dinner, Courtney originally had this very plain brown dress planned. That was a little too boring, in my opinion. It was cute, but it was a little basic. And she also had a mesh jeweled dress. And I was like, no, you have to wear the mesh jeweled dress. That is sick. That's Mm -hmm. incredible. You have to wear that. And like, she was like, are you sure? Courtney, her first priority is her family. Always. Right. Our sister, Courtney. And I think that also all of us, our first priority is our family. Yeah. At the end of the day, none of the other stuff like matters at all. At all. Yeah. And honestly, like that is what I think the Kardashians have lost. And this is why they've like fallen from grace, in my opinion. And I can't totally idolize them or like enjoy their content as much because it makes me sad. You're a very distraught, evil human being. I don't want to see you. Okay. I don't agree with who you are as a human being. Say you're sorry. Okay. Well, if I said something that hurt your feelings, I'm sorry. Just say you didn't mean. Okay, well, clearly you're going through something else because you're acting like a lunatic. No, so there was a very interesting conversation or a moment that happened on this most recent season where Courtney was, she was at, I think, Travis Barker's restaurant opening. Mm -hmm. And I don't think anyone from the Kardashians came to support. And someone said, your family's not here. And Courtney was seated with Travis and his kids. And she turned to the person and said, this is my family. Wow. And it was just like such a moment. And I Mm -hmm. think that for Courtney, the Kris Jenner empire, where we are going to, first of all, get to the level of fame we're at by doing a deal with the devil, selling our soul, and then also selling our daughter's soul. And then also like Kris Jenner just didn't care about Courtney's feelings either. It was about the check for her. It was about the money. And I think that. There's like something malevolent about that. And I think that's why Courtney wants a distance between her yes, and her family. Because yes. she doesn't feel safe with them entirely. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, it's another reason why I just like love Travis Barker. Because I think he's provided a lot of safety. And like you said earlier, he, he he's not this like mogul who needs her to be, you know, so powerful. He just like loves her as she is. The other thing I want to bring up relating to Travis is that there are, like, rumors in the rumor mill about him originally being into Kim and that, like, maybe something even went down with him and Kim and that that has also fueled some of their tension. Do you believe Mm -hmm. that at all? Yeah, I think that he did express, like, some sort of interest in Kim at the very beginning or say Kim was so hot. And I think that would be really hurtful to be Courtney and know that. Yeah. I think it's an interesting situation. But the other thing I want to say is, like, I think even you look at Courtney, you look at Kim and Courtney, for all her flaws, seems very at home in her body and her life and herself Mm -hmm. and knows herself really well. And Kim, to me, always looks like a person who is striving, who's trying to tweak herself into oblivion, who is completely self-absorbed. I mean, yeah. And absorbed with the climb. And I'm not trying to shame an ambitious woman, but I think that Courtney asked a really important question to Kim in that scene where she said, what is it about you that can't be content? Like that's a question we all have to ask ourselves. Like being content and not being greedy, that's a very important project for every human. 
I wonder if it's like a major distraction and like coping mechanism for Kim, given all the Kanye stuff. She's been doing this forever, but just like the continual grind and grab for more power. And uh, yeah, I just wonder if it's her way of like managing Kanye stuff. My instinct tells me that this has nothing to do with Kanye. Like this is before Kanye. This is why she got with Kanye. It's funny because I I do feel like Kim puts on uh, and especially in her like her cutaway interviews, like such a polished, like emotionally mature front. And maybe she and she is very polished and she is emotionally mature, but she just like so much of that show is very curated to make them all look so good. And that's another reason why I don't really have the stomach for it because it's just it's a little too much like spoon feeding of that. I just want to say, though, like I do think that Kim is a really nice person and is a really solid professional and is a really nice person to work with. Like two things can be true at once. Like I think that people are multifaceted and she I don't think she's like a pure sociopath. I just think that there's a side of her personality that's like really dark, but there's also a side that's really light. So I don't know. I just I think when I was seeing all of her interviews and she was talking when she's so like open hearted in some of those interviews, I just can't really understand why she can sometimes be a better sister to Courtney or like more loving to her but whatever it's not my problem oh, to solve. how about when she's like I got married in Italy like and, and, and you was, stole and my wedding like, country and my wedding, and my wedding singer, singer. I'm, like, I'm sorry but you do not invent getting married in Italy it is literally Italy is like an Italian wedding that is the most that's like what everyone wants it's like the destination first of all yeah if you so got annoying. married in Mexico or in Cabo or something like that imagine if I was like you stole my wedding no. country. Like, that was not analogous. That was a false equivalence. The fact that she even let that stay in the show. Like, <laughs> stay in that edit. And this is what I will say, you guys. Even though the Kardashians, Chandler, has had a falling out with them. Um, It's a one-sided one because they don't know who Chandler is. But Chandler has beef with care. them and doesn't really, is trying not to watch the show anymore. I think their shows have never been more entertaining. They've never been better. This season of the Kardashians is so fun to watch. Well, also, Ben loved watching it when I was watching it. It's so well done. Yeah. And I feel like we get such a glimpse uh, into their actual lives. It is mm-hmm. so good. I appreciate everyone bearing with us while we, you know, unpacked that first world problem. Yes. I wonder if we'll have any listeners next week. We'll see. We'll see. Lauren, as we made our descent into New York, you know, from our beloved Guana Island trip, mm. I got excited thinking about coming home to like my more simple routine food like my Mm. clean simple eats protein powder yeah i feel like it's such a good staple because the protein powder if you blend it with ice and water you got vanilla frosty essentially if you like the simply vanilla if you get chocolate brownie powder you've got a chocolate frosty you do the mint chocolate chip you got a thin mint frosty or you just dissolve it in milk or water and that also strangely tastes really good like chocolate milk it's a super fast easy quick snack also i just love that the ingredients are clean they're grass-fed it's 20 grams of protein for 110 calories it is just the best protein powder out there everyone go to cleansimbleeats.com and use the promo code pop apologist for 10 percent off that's pop apologist for 10 percent off cleansimbleeats.com pop apologist for 10 percent off Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. 
And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app. All right. So in other news, everyone, this is a big story that's happening right now. Carly Russell, 25, she recently disappeared. Yeah. And it's a very wild tale. So I want to mm-hmm. read to everyone what happened. And then some new information I have unearthed on, of course, where all great investigative journalism is happening in 2023, TikTok. Here is what the mainstream media is stating. The mainstream media. Sorry. Before we get to TikTok, we got to do the MSM. The mainstream media. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Newsweek reports that on the night of Thursday, July 13th, around 9.34 p.m., 911 received a call from Carly Russell stating that she saw a male toddler in a diaper on the interstate near the John Hawkins Parkway exit. In the hour prior to her disappearance, Carly was on her way home from her job at the Woodhouse Day Spa in the Summit, stopped to get food, and was about 10 minutes from her house, according to her parents. Forbes.com reports that there is traffic cam footage of Russell pulling over in her red Mercedes to the shoulder with her hazard lights on. Though the footage is blurry, she appears to exit the driver's side and walk around to the back of the passenger side of the vehicle. The police arrived three minutes after Russell disappeared. Hoover Police Chief Nick Dervis said Saturday that the department reviewed the video and it's not the greatest in terms of quality, but they will continue to look at all the footage for clues. So Carly Russell stopped to check on the child and called her brother's girlfriend. The girlfriend then heard Carly scream and lost contact with her, but the phone line remained open. Carly's mother, Talitha Russell, and her husband used the Find My Phone feature, and it showed them her location. They rushed to the spot on the interstate and saw their daughter's car, its driver's side door open, and the engine still running. Her hat and wig were on the ground beside the car, and her phone was in a different nearby spot. That's what her mom said. Police officers were already at the scene. They used drones to search for Miss Russell that night as her family drove across the suburbs looking for her. Among the most puzzling details about the case is that no other driver on this heavily traversed interstate managed to spot a toddler walking on the side of the road that night, an image that would have surely prompted more 911 calls than Miss Russell's. So basically, just to sum it up, Mm -hmm. this 25-year-old girl, she sees a toddler on the side of the road. She pulls over. She calls 911. She calls her mom. And ostensibly, she's trying to save the child. But somehow during that experience, she completely disappears. And all that's left at the scene of this mystery of her disappearance is her wig on the side of the road, her phone somewhere basically left or thrown. And she has disappeared, abducted, ran away, Kidnap this toddler. No one knows. Is the only evidence of the toddler is what she said to her sister-in-law? The only evidence of the toddler is her call to 911. And then she also called her brother's girlfriend. So then we don't know what's happened to her, right? They get there. The car's there. The engine is running. The door's open. Yeah. But she is nowhere to be found. And this toddler is nowhere to be found. And again, on a busy highway, multiple people would have seen a toddler. Oh, yeah. That is just like... Not something only one person would have seen. For sure. So two days later, Carly returns at 10.44 p.m. Let me see here. So I just want to get the dates. Okay. So Thursday at 9.34 p.m. is when this happens. Two days later at 10.44 p.m. on Saturday, police said they received a call that Russell had returned home on foot. 
So Newsweek reports that the police responded to the scene to investigate and Hoover fire medics responded to the scene to assess and transported Russell to UAB Hospital for evaluation. Right now, there are more questions than answers, Chandler. Yeah. Everyone is so confused about this case, as it is unknown what happened to Russell or where she was for the 48 hours that she was missing. There was 64000 in reward money that is being returned to the donors after the Hoover Police Department told Crime Stoppers that it would not request payouts on Russell's case. Police did not share why they were not requesting payouts. Carly's boyfriend, Tomar Simmons, posted on his Instagram the following on Sunday. She was literally fighting for her life for 48 hours, so until she's physically and mentally stable again, she is not able to give any updates or whereabouts on her kidnapper at this very moment. So. Okay. Spooky. This is interesting because the police have not mentioned any kidnappers. The police have also said, you know, this this money that was going to either go mm-hmm. towards a ransom or go towards her recovery right. or whatever. We're actually giving it back to the donors. Yeah. Why, yeah. why did they make the decision? Right. Why is that? Well, let me tell you what I have unearthed channel okay. on TikTok, okay? Okay. Tell me. So a TikTok journalist <laughs> has found... Is this a, just a normal person or is this someone who is actually a TikTok journalist? So this is just someone... This is a TikTok account, okay? This is not someone who works for ABC News. This is not someone who's Carol this Radswell adjacent. Dan Rather. No. This is just a TikTok account reporting that screenshots have appeared from Carly mm-hmm. to her boyfriends or her ex-boyfriends uh side chick so apparently what the theory is is that carly found out that her boyfriend or now ex-boyfriend is unclear was cheating on her and had a very aggressive dm exchange with this woman okay um and potentially disappeared herself allegedly in order to get back at her ex or her boyfriend and that this is all like boy drama what? Yeah. So this is the message that Carly sent. Allegedly. I don't know if this is fake, everyone. This is the alleged okay. message that Carly sent to the stripper that her boyfriend was with. Bitch, please. He told me everything you said about me and you thought I told him to say that. I wasn't even with him. You're delusional as fuck if you think y'all little conversation was anything more than convenience and the fact that he used you to get back at me out of anger. You want to talk about it? I don't compare to you on your worst day. Bye. You're miserable, or at least you should be a stripper to provide for a child. I've heard you had from multiple people, so not surprised you don't know who your baby daddy is. Mention me or contact my guy again. She's not used the word guy. Mention me or contact my guy again, and you'll see I'm not the one to play with. You don't want you and your whole family touched. You're poor. I'm rich. You're a stripper. I'm a nurse. You're ugly. I'm bad as fuck. You can never. Pitiful bottom of the barrel ass hoe. Now go strip for a... Anyway, that's basically the Wow. Okay, yeah. So let's just say that this was not polite discourse. No. So then this is the alleged text message from the boyfriend about the status. Okay. 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 So there's okay. also an to update who? from him. The TikToker didn't say how she would okay. all these messages. This is going to all be made up, everyone. But I don't know. So this is what the message said. The boyfriend says she's sticking to saying she was abducted, says she was lured into the woods by some people who live in the woods, described a person with orange hair balding on top and tied her up and drove her around and put her in an 18 wheeler and fed her Cheez-Its for two days. And they painted her nails. Sorry. (laughs) The idea of being fed Cheez-Its for two days sounds delicious. I have to say, maybe I'm just hungry. How dare you be lie minded about this woman's trauma? 
They kept her on 150 somewhere and somehow she manages to get away and runs through the woods to her neighborhood until she gets to her house and then goes to the hospital. Hoover got some ring doorbell footage from her neighborhood and it just shows her walking casually until she gets close to her house and then she starts sprinting and flailing her arms oh and acting a fool. So Whoa, that to me is the smoking gun. This could be a Sherry Papini adjacent wow. story. You know, the woman who faked her own kidnapping in 2016. Yes. How could we forget? Honestly, I have also been at the level where I was ready to do that to a guy I mean, who I've been burned by. I probably your... would if I, Lisa if, if I ever found. let's not get into it let me talk about lisa sullivan okay um anyway pretty wild though i mean respect (laughs) we're like yeah girl yeah i'm just like commitment to the cause to the bit just wasting government resources wasting taxpayer dollars i mean who knows or maybe this was real who knows our older sister courtney she had a 'er ne'er-do-well friend in high school and i always remember this he said that if you never admit that you're lying and they don't have any evidence, there's never a way they can ever catch you. So as far-fetched as this tale wow. is, yeah, um, as far-fetched as this tale is, Carly, stick to your story. Stick to your story. Stick to your guns. Jesus it's okay. Just days. be like, I wasn't going to run and flail the entire time. I haven't been at the gym in a while. I was eating Cheez-Its for two days. Right, right. Like, you think that my cardio fitness, like, the second I saw the bright, shining door, the hearth that I could walk over into my home, I started running, rejoicing. Anyway, Carly, call me up. So what do you, do you, want some what do you think she did for those two days if she wasn't with the orange-haired person? It's such a good question. Like, what do you even do? It's semi-unfathomable. Because what do you do? Like, I think she I would just get so bored. I feel like I'd give up after like 12 hours. Max is what I could last. Like max 12 hours. I don't think that she thought this was going to get national attention. Right, right. I think that's kind of where the plan maybe went yeah, uh, awry. askew. Or yeah. went awry. Thank you. So I don't know. And that's other things. Like where did she sleep? I don't have it in me, honestly, to be homeless by choice for two days to get back at a guy. No. Same. We'll see if that info ends up being correct at all um i don't know if this was our worst episode or maybe our best i'm not sure definitely not our best definitely not our best but it might be our worst and you know that remains to be seen you know sometimes you guys were just kind of really shallow honest conversations that make us sound super out of touch here's the thing this is not the bbc we've never pretended to be the bbc and you know i do think there was interesting themes in the conversation with the Kardashians. Here's another thing I want to say for anyone who's like getting out their keyboard to light us on fire in the reviews. Mm-hmm. Consider this. If you have semi enjoyed 95% of our episodes as we release episode 172, and there's one conversation we have, one back and forth that you think makes us sound as dumb as we probably are, maybe just like, just think about Let the ones you off. liked. Let it roll just like, off. Maybe just, just like next week. Go for a walk. Maybe don't like immortalize this one conversation you didn't like in the reviews. Now, I'm probably inviting people to do that very thing. Okay, so let's finish out this episode with a reminder that the giveaway is live, everyone. $500 shopping spree giveaway. So to enter, all you need to do is share your favorite episode of Pop Apologist on your stories. Include a link. Don't say that's part of a giveaway because that invalidates the recommendation. And so we only Mm -hmm. ask that you enter if you genuinely want to recommend this podcast to your friends. And tag us and we will DM you back that you're entered. 
All right. And then we'll be back on Friday on Patreon with the Gilgo Beach murders. So thank you all so much for listening. And with that, we'll catch you on Friday on Patreon. Bye. Bye. That's all for now, folks. Don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Hey, hey, it's Donna from Daily Dose of Donna. Every weekday afternoon on the Daily Dose of Donna podcast, I cover all of the reality TV and celeb gossip and breaking news. I'm a former TV casting director. My husband works in reality TV, and I live for the housewives, the sister wives, the southern charmers, and the summer housers. And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.